Welcome to How My Country Works with your host, Stephen O'Shea. Next up, located in West Africa, with the capital Ouagadougou, a population of 21.6 million and functioning as a presidential democracy, is Burkina Faso. On January 23rd this year, armed soldiers led by Lieutenant Colonel Paul Henry Sandago Damiba seized control of Burkina Faso and ousted the elected president, Roche Kabore. The government was dissolved and the constitution suspended. Whilst the situation in the country remains uncertain, it is part of a long line of military coups and power grabs in the country. Burkina Faso has boasted eight coups since its independence in 1960 and leads the continent on this unenviable statistic. But how did Burkina Faso get into this situation? In order to dive a little bit deeper into this and the historical and political climate of Burkina Faso, I'm joined on the show by Ismail Diallo, who previously worked for the UN Commission on Human Rights and is a Burkina Faso native. Ismail, thanks for joining me today. Perhaps we could just dive right in and you could start by describing what the area now known as Burkina Faso was like before European colonization. Before colonialists came to Burkina, for example, Burkina was formed by different kingdoms. You have some kingdoms with strong kings, and you have other uh, communities where they didn't have no kings. They have people who were uh, caretakers of the land, the caretakers of uh, customs, but no rulers per se. Interesting. So there are a range of communities already in existence there. But then you have the arrival of the French across much of West Africa. And the country, then known as Upper Volta, becomes an official French colony in 1896. What impact does this invasion have? When I entered school in 1951, the first thing we were told is that we were forbidden to speak our mother tongue. But we should speak only French. Wow. So it was pretty all-encompassing then. And French still remains one of the country's official languages to this day. They wanted to turn us into French people. But despite that, people in Burkina Faso were subjects and not citizens, and didn't receive any of the same rights or benefits as French citizens. So how does the country eventually achieve independence? After World War II, people came to understand because... We had a lot of blacks who went to war. First of all, many went to war on, in World War I. And in World War II, many, many more blacks went to war. After World War II, the mind started you know, opening up and saying, listen, why should we continue to be colonies? Why? And then the movement started. Right. So it kind of started as a result of the Second World War and the sacrifices of the Burkina Faso soldiers. And this was a case across a lot of the French African colonies as well, wasn't it? When Ghana became independent in 57, then before that, you had Sudan, you have Egypt, you have a few other countries which became independent. Then uh, including Burkina, Upper Volta, Burkina Faso, start saying, why should we, should we be colonists? And the movement started. Okay, 
So there's this kind of wave sweeping across the region. Started by saying, listen, we need to be free. And uh, Charles de Gaulle, the president of France, went from one country to another, trying to sell what he called la communauté, meaning France will give you colonies uh, internal rule. But what, when it comes to army, to defense, to foreign affairs, to, to currency, and uh, those things, it will be France. Right. So it's kind of a halfway house. What happens there? It did not hold. So very quickly, from 58 to 59, things evolved very abruptly, very, very rapidly. And all those countries, one after the other, got very independent. And so in 1960, Upper Volta becomes independent. But it still has very strong links with France, like so many countries in the area. None of those so-called friendship-picking countries in Africa are really independent. None. What do you mean? I mean that France has kept the maximum leverage of influence. The currency of uh, 14 former French colonies, the currency is still made in, is still made in France. And France has the control of its currency. And uh, anything that is done in those 14 former French colonies is a cut and paste for what is done in Paris. Right, okay. So it seems like this influence and meddling by France has really contributed to a lot of the political instability in the country. Over the decades, Burkina Faso, as it became known in 1984, has seen multiple coups and government overthrows. Even the dedicated reformer Thomas Sankara in the 1990s, who was trying to promote education and prevent famines. This is how Sankara, Thomas Sankara, has been killed in four years. They have used the number two of the regime, the very number two of the regime, and closest friend of Sankara to have him killed. That's really interesting. And this instability continues to impact the country today, including with jihadist insurgents. But just stepping away from politics for a moment, could you tell me of an event or celebration that's unique to Burkina Faso? Oh, yes. We have a few celebrations and we really are adamant of keeping them going uh, to show that we are resilient and that uh, be it... uh, ties that uh, try to slow us down, or be it a terrorism, uh, will not uh, win. Uh, we had uh, FESPACO, FESPACO with the Pan-African Film Festival that was held three weeks ago. And you have film, uh, films, movies that come from all over, you know, Africa and even out of Africa. And uh, this year, uh, two years ago, it was won by... Uh, one uh, a f- uh, filmmaker from Rwanda. This year, it was won by one filmmaker from Zanzibar, from Tanzania. How cool. I'm a huge film fan, so that sounds great. Yes, and you have also a festival of, uh, of artifacts. Uh, you have a festival of uh, artisanal, you know, clothing and uh, other things like that. Yeah, right. 
Well, thank you so much for your time today, Ishmael. It's been so interesting chatting about Burkina Faso. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I think that's a perfect place to end the show. Thanks so much to my guest, Ishmael Diallo. Join us next time where we'll be exploring the African nation of Burundi, which is officially the world's poorest country. As always, please do rate us on your podcast app and recommend us to any friends that have a hankering for political knowledge. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at How My Country Works for extra insights and facts. And there you can message us around anything else you'd like to know about Burkina Faso or any other country. This podcast is produced by Stephen O'Shea and sound editing is by Luke Trubert. See you next time and remember to keep asking How My Country Works.